shattering your notions of the possible. It's Infinite Horizons Radio. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Infinite Horizons Radio. I'm Michael McMurtaugh. Some of you may be hearing my voice for the first time as we make our transition into a podcast-style format. They really thought that they could keep me away. The folks at Clear Channel didn't really seem to like some of the things that I had to say about the CIA's involvement in the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. Clear Channel and their advertisers didn't like some of the opinions I expressed. Some of the questions that I raised were a bit too much, maybe, for the C-suite, for their audience, who knows. Questions like, is yellow dye number five being used to control humans via radio waves from 5G towers? Questions like, has Joe Biden been replaced by a lizard person? And if so, why does he still seem completely unfit for president? Clear Channel really didn't care for the way that I would continually point out their logo's resemblance to a Nazar amulet meant to ward off the evil eye, and questioned the company's other, perhaps less blatant, ties to the occult. Clear Channel didn't care for any of that one bit, so they fired me. They fired me for truth, just like that James Damore guy down at Google. They fired me for truth. But the great thing about truth is that you can't fire the truth. You can fire someone like me for telling it. But the truth has no employer. The truth serves its own ends. If you go to the truth's LinkedIn page, the truth's entire work history is CEO at me. The truth is beholden only to itself. And here at Infinite Horizons Radio, we're beholden only to the truth. Not to Clear Channel. Maybe not even to Libsyn if things get too spicy. But we'll keep bringing you the truth. Our truth. Which brings me to this week's guest. A truth teller, as far as I can tell. Or at least, his predictions haven't been wrong yet. I'm being joined today by a man I only know as Hector the Wizard. Or more specifically, Hector underscore the underscore wizard. Hector and I have been in correspondence for about six months now through a Usenet message board. Hector caught my attention with a series of message board posts that predicted within three days accuracy the deaths of a number of celebrities. Hector and I caught up earlier this week via Skype, and I'm afraid that you'll have to 
put up with a somewhat lower quality of audio than we're used to here on the show because the master recordings that Hector and I made on our own ends were wiped out, possibly by agents of the Deep State, possibly by agents of Clear Channel. But they got sloppy, and they didn't get the Skype audio. So Hector's truth can still be told this week on Infinite Horizons Radio. With me tonight is a gentleman I met over Usenet some time ago who fancies himself a bit of a prophet. Now, I'm, I say fancies himself a bit of a prophet like I'm speaking ill of his abilities or not convinced of his powers, but that's hardly the case. In fact, the reason that Hector and I met over Usenet in the first place was because he's been posting predictions to this one group um, and has predicted within three days accuracy several celebrity deaths, which is quite interesting. Uh, Hector is here to talk to us today all about fate. Hector? Yes, hello. Good morning. Good morning, Hector. What, uh, what, what part of the world are you in? I don't want to um, make your security an issue, but I'm always curious what the time difference is. Oh, I am in all parts of the world at many different times. For our listeners at home who might not have my familiarity with uh, the unexplained, tell us about the phenomenon of bilocation. Well, you see, in the energy of the world, time doesn't really exist. So, by transmuting oneself into this energy, you can be in multiple places at once. What sort of energy? It's that sort of crackling inner energy that people might call the soul or the spirit. And, and it's there. It's, it's, it's when a plant grows from a seed. It's when a train breaks and the wheels get hot. And this, this energy that animates all things, if I'm understanding yes. some of the posts that you've made about fate and about destiny, yes. this, this energy is immutable and unchangeable. In fact, it's, it's not really up to me what question comes out of my mouth next, is it? No, it's not. Exactly. You can't shape it or change it. You can only see it. I cannot change what I'm going to say next. Because what I'm going to say next is already written in the energy of the world. In fact, I knew I was going to break up by reading the energy that was in front of me. That's fascinating. And yet you persisted in using your breath and expending those calories to say that sentence a second time, even though you knew that the communications would break up and I wouldn't hear it. Why do anything at all? See, that's the greatest mystery of all. If we're being carried along by this energy, the only thing we can do is be part of it and experience it. And that's kind of, that's kind of the wonderful thing about being alive, isn't it? Is that you get swept up in the experience of it. Mm. And knowing you're going to die or knowing you're going to get married or get a promotion doesn't change the feeling of the experience of it. That's really interesting because I was a very curious child and 
every year as the calendar would march inexorably on towards Christmas, I would get more and more eager to know what was awaiting me under that tree on Christmas morning. So when my parents would leave the house, I would come downstairs and take a a little knife and and cut the tape along the edges of the presents and unwrap them to see what I was getting on Christmas morning. And, you know, every Christmas morning, no matter how great of a toy it was, it was inevitably a disappointment because I knew about it in advance. You don't feel that way? No, no, not at all. I feel that by knowing what it's going to be, I can imagine myself using it, and it's that much better. You can imagine yourself using it, and it's that much better. So yeah. do, you, do, do you take your ability to see this energy and, and, and see the lines of fate as they're drawn? And, hmm, well, I was, I was about to ask you if you try and change these scenarios that you can see when they are a negative one, but I suppose if it's fate, then nothing you can do would stop it, would they? Well... When I first started reading the lines of the energy, and and it's actually written in English, which is kind of strange. Yes, it's actually quite plain to see when you know how to see it. Yes, but when when I was a younger man learning to read these energies, I did try changing them. But the most peculiar things would happen when I started trying to change the energy is that the universe then made sure that the thing would happen. For instance, uh, I, I saw myself crossing a bridge when I was a young child, and, mm-hmm. and I went playing in the, in the woods, and I came to this bridge, and I remembered, ah, I must cross this bridge. So I didn't cross the bridge. I turned around. But what was behind me? A second bridge? A wolf. And I only had the option to go across the bridge to get to safety. So you see, I think the universe has its way of manipulating us to do what it wishes. That's fascinating. So it's it's really not that much unlike the Final Destination series of films, where no matter how the characters try to get themselves out of this mess, they're still bound to die in a horrific manner. Yes, exactly. You know, when uh, when I mentioned to uh, Kurt Kurt Cobain, you know, uh, uh, back the in singer. the day, yes. yes, the singer of the greatest band in the world, Nirvana. You know, I I was I approached him actually. I uh, I told him that he would he was going to die. You tried to tell him that he was going to die at the young age of twenty seven. Yes, yes, when he died at the age of twenty eight. Was he not part of the 27 Club? The 27 Club, yes. Of course, that's... I'm sorry, in my old age, I, I'm starting to lose track of time a little bit because, as you know, time is uh, everywhere all at once, and I am part of that. Uh, anyway, so I, I, did, I did approach him. I was working in the scene in L.A. at the time, um, you know, putting on shows for people. I had to make money somehow. And you chose club promoter. That's fascinating. So I mentioned this to him, and and you know, as you know, he did go to rehab for a little bit, um, try and get himself cleaned up. But it seems that uh, the universe said, "No, sir. In order for your legacy to live on, you must die at twenty-seven. And mm. it was kind of sad seeing him um, try to escape that fate. And you know, it's it's kind of a burden on me seeing people's fate, and that there's nothing they can do to change it. Nothing at all. 
Now, I'm very curious about that. When you say that you can say, you can see, excuse me, people's fates, how specific do your visions or however you receive this information? You said plain English before. Um, this yes. stuff is just written in plain English. So yes. I'm curious, how specific does it get? Like you, you would have seen the premonition of Tupac being shot, but do you know who shot him? Do you have information that the rest of us don't? Yes, I'm reading your fate right now. You're reading and, my fate right now. Yes, and I can tell that in two days' time, oh, you know, oh in two days' time, you will stub your left middle toe on a piece of rock. Hector, Hector, are, are, are you all right? All right, what? Yes. You, you seem to disappear into yourself for a minute there. Your eyes rolled into the back of your head, and I could have sworn I saw a, a slight bit of steam coming from you. Uh, oh, did, did that happen? This is something that's happened before. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I went into my trance. Um, I went into a deep, deep state of reading, if you will. And in that state, you saw that I was going to smash my left middle toe on a piece of rock, and there's nothing I can do to avoid this. Absolutely nothing you can do. Now, this is where, see, this is where it gets a little muddled, you know? You asked if I knew who shot Tupac. Yes. I, I knew he would die from an impact of an object, you see. So outside of his own fate was a little blurry, you see. I could just see the impact of something hitting him. Right. So in terms of this rock, 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 you see, in the English, rock, it could mean granite, it could mean concrete, mm -hmm. it could mean, it could mean your rock, your partner, you know. It could mean I stubbed my toe on the Apostle Peter, the rock upon which Jesus built his church. Exactly. But I do know it will be your left middle toe. Can I ask you a personal question? <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm an open book. Does knowing in advance how every move you make is going to turn out, what is that? What has that done to or for your romantic life? Because on the one hand, it would make for a very interesting party trick to get women interested that you could predict what they were going to order at the bar or predict that their cell phone was going to ring a moment later and it would be their mother on the phone, things like that. But on the other hand, you also know exactly how things are going to turn out. Well, you know, <clears throat> when I first learned of my powers, you could say, I, I had to make a vow to never use these for my own advantage. So I, I never have used these powers of reading in plain English everyone's fate for my own good, because again, I can't change the outcome of it anyways, so how could I use it mm. for my own good? I'll admit, I'll admit, when I go to a party and I'm reading the lines on a woman's face whom I'm interested in, and, mm -hmm. and the lines say, no way, buster, never gonna happen. You're toothless and ugly. You make me sick and want to vomit. I hate you. What are you doing here? Nobody loves you. You're pathetic. You f fart too much. You're sickly and gross and make me want to die. 
You sicken women and people all around, you filthy hermit. It, it's, I, what can I do but go home and weep in my pillow? I, I have a kind of, I guess it's a technical question about just how, how things would change in the real world if you did try to pursue a specific outcome, like you were talking about earlier with the bridge and the wolf. Yes. So there was, there, there was a network television show in the 1990s called Early Edition where the main character got a copy of the next day's newspaper a day early every day and would uh, use that information to try and, and help people and, and, you know, prevent horrible accidents from happening and things like that. And he made a, a, a small but tidy living for himself because he knew who was going to win at the horse races every day. So he would just go and play the tracks. But so in, I, I'm, I'm curious then, if you, let, let's say that you saw in a vision that there was going to be the $5 million lottery next week. And you, you, you saw, you had a vision of the winning numbers, that vision of which numbers would win the lottery should be immutable. But what you're saying is that if you went out and tried to buy a ticket with those numbers, that outcome wouldn't in fact happen. There would be a different lottery number that would win the jackpot now, or, or what would happen in that scenario? Yes, that's that's an excellent question, and that is one question I tackle in my new book, Discerning the Stars, reading plain English in your fate. And and I mention in my book that, um, you know, if I read in my fate that I am never going to win the lottery and and I go out and see the numbers to win, as you mentioned, strange things would happen, right? Along the lottery system line, someone would maybe mess up somewhere when they're drawing the numbers, or my lottery ticket itself might be swept away by a strange wind blowing through my apartment, or, or maybe I put it through the wash, in my jeans by accident. Mm. But is it really by accident? Right. And I suppose that that is the question is if destiny is set in stone, unless you know that that is in fact your destiny and try to change it, then is it destiny at all? It becomes a very, it's an almost Heisenbergian question of the observer affecting the outcome of the observed. Yeah. That made me just think of something, actually. We can't change it. And fate is written in plain English. We must be in a book. You're saying that we are, in fact, uh, the fictional constructs of a creator of some sort? Yes, that must be it. We're characters in a book that is written, and the characters can't change the outcome of the final page of the book. So therefore... We must be inside a book. That's quite the leap in logic, even among the leaps in logic that we've heard on this show. And there have been a lot of them, but I, I, I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around that a little bit. Well, think about it. I am. I'm thinking very, very hard about it. And right yes. now, yes. Uh, of, of, all of, of all of the head in the jar scenarios that have been presented on this show over the years, yeah. metafiction seems to me one of the least likely. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we're far more likely to be in, um, you know, a, a, a simulation being run by a higher intelligence than like some sort of Charlie Kaufman esque adaptation reality. Oh. 
Hector. Hector. I see ink written all over you. I see you emerging from a book with your life flashing before your eyes. Oh! Yes. You you went into a trance again there. Oh. Yes. Yes. Tell me more about this vision of me coming from a book. Well, I think it just proves that I'm right. This objective vision. Yes. That only you could see. Yes. I should also take its proof. Yes. Exactly. See? So now we're on the same page. (laughs) Page. (laughs) Page. Indeed. That's that's quite clever, Hector. Speaking of your book, Discerning the Stars, um, I'm curious about the title. Was that just more to sort of rope in with the broader understandings and symbols of fate in myth? Um, because as, as you've said, it's, you, you see this stuff in plain English. The stars don't seem to have a lot to do with it. No, the stars actually have nothing to do with it except as a background element for the great writer, uh, as, as you will, in the sky. <clears throat> um, mm. No, that, look, we all have to make money somehow, and I needed to draw in the largest audience possible. So I figured discerning the stars would be the, the best possible way to do that. And even if I wanted to change the title, I couldn't. There would probably end up being some sort of typo that would turn it into discerning the stars in the end result anyways. That was going to be my next question, was whether you chose the title at all or whether the title title chose you. I thought you would ask that, you know. You know, it's actually not that hard to read the English in front of you. Okay, um, take take me through a a scenario then here. Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to have a, a quick think about my next door neighbor who's outside standing his fence right now. And I'm just, I'm curious what you can tell me about his future. I'm not going to tell you anything beyond what I've already told you. So you know that he's male and he's painting a fence. Ah, yes. Grass, grass, grass. Grass, brown, 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 adultery, adultery, a hole in the fence, wife, your wife, he's he's going to cheat on your your wife. He's, he's going to cheat on my wife? With you. That was sort of the only direction I could see that going. This is fascinating. So what you're saying is that not only is my wife currently having an affair with my next door neighbor, possibly through a hole in the fence, if I picked up, picked up the context correctly, but then that affair will soon end because of a torrid love affair between myself and my neighbor. Exactly. Now, remember what I said about the rock you will stub your toe on. Right, of course, my left middle toe. Yes. The rock can be many things, and this hole in the fence is one of those many things. You know, it's a hole in the relationship. Right. It's a hole in, 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 your, in, your, in the barriers 
of your relationship, perhaps, is what I'm getting a sense of. Remember, authors often use metaphor. Mm. Right. Well, that, that was sort of where my thought process was going here, is that I can completely understand how it would be quite easy to predict the future if you just spoke in metaphor a lot of the time and then could sort of retrofit those metaphors around what events are going on in the world. Are you? I'm not, I'm not accusing. Are you calling me out? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of fortune tellers, a lot of, um, a lot of astrologers, a lot of numerologists, a lot of people who claim that they can see or affect the outcome of the uh, of fate in some way and see, but they can't that's the trick they cannot affect the outcome and i was going to say to date they've all been charlatans now this again i'm i'm reluctant to dismiss your work here because a we've had a fascinating online friendship for the better part of 6 months um and then secondly if i do end up you know having a, a, a hot and heavy relationship with my neighbor, I'm going to look like quite the fool if I'm here telling you that you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. And remember, if you try to change this outcome, the universe will find a way to make it happen. Of course, like I'll, I'll trip and fall dick first into my neighbor. Yeah, exactly. Or your neighbor may, uh, you know, appear in your bed as your wife. Like a succubus. Sure, yeah. Or, you know, as a man dressed up as your wife, trying to trick you to have sex with him. That sounds maybe too far-fetched even for this show. You have the knowledge now. Do with it what you must. You know, and I think, um, I th- think part of my work is also to open people to the idea of, of, of a predestined fate is not, is not a bad thing. You know, people always talk about being in control of their lives and in control of their destinies. But the more you realize you're not in control, the more free you are to let happen what may. Mm. Yes, it's it's very tempting to me, to be honest, fatalistic thinking. I don't like going down that road because, as you said, like a lot of people, I, I want to feel like I have some agency in my own life. But, you know, mm. there was uh, there was a point in the 80s where. I was living with a with a spiritual cult, and I have to say that abandoning my own will and just putting my fate in the hands of everyone else and just going along with the crowd and being a sheep was actually one of the most freeing experiences of my life. So I can I can understand that kind of freedom that it grants you to accept that everything is going to happen the way it's going to happen and there's nothing I can do about it. Yes, and the interesting part is that people always tend to think that whatever happens to them is going to happen anyway, so they can't do anything about it. Um, but it's not that negative things happen, it's that uh, it, uh, uh, it's that it... Hector? Cat! I see a, I see a cat! A cat with two eyes walking across the lawn. <clears throat> Hector, again, I, I just I, I'm I'm really struggling for clarity on some things about your vision of fate here. Are are you seeing a black? Are are you seeing a cat 
Did you, did you say a black cat or just a cat? Ah, a cat. I saw a cat. So, so if, if you're seeing a cat, are you actually seeing the cat or are you seeing a sentence in plain English that says there is a cat? I saw the sentence appear before me. There is a cat with two eyes on the lawn. A cat with two eyes on the lawn. Is this another metaphor? Well, as we just discovered, we are in a book, so yes, I would assume so. I'm not sure that we discovered that, but um, yeah, let's let's go along with that premise for now. That that, that we are indeed in a book. Mutable proof. Immutable proof that we are in a book. Speaking of books, you did the cover art for discerning the stars as well yourself is that correct can you tell us about your your work as a painter yes well when i was a child i was a bit of a artist prodigy in kindergarten i uh, actually painted a replica of the mona lisa wow um yes yes and um you know, uh, it took some time away. Uh, I, I went into the woods for a period of uh, time to to study and work on my art. Um, and um, I realized that, uh, you know, things are made up of individual uh, atoms and individual components. And I, I'm using that to uh, sort of influence my artwork. So you'll notice on the cover of the book that one of the stars is actually made up of little bits of uh, leaves drawn in there and little bits of eyes and little bits of bones all, all in there. So almost a, a holographic view of the universe where everything can, is contained in everything else. Uh, y- yes, yes, you could say that. And they're made up of individual components of things. That's fascinating. I assume then your art process must also be effectively divinely ordained to you, or do you see text of the things you're going to paint? Well, that's that's just it. I mean, I see a sentence on the canvas that I'm working on, and mm. so I know what must be put there, and I have no choice but to put that thing there. But the actual execution of it is up to you as to whether it's done in a realist style or cubism or something. You, you get to determine that part. Is it? I don't think so. Hmm. I think the sentences determine that for me and I just follow along. What would you say is the most important takeaway from your book for our listeners? The most important takeaway from the book is that your fate is not in your hand. And the sooner you can release the notion of control over your life, the freer you will be to experience it. There is freedom in abandoning free will. An absolutely fascinating viewpoint. Yes. And for those of you who really want to delve into this, um, I do do individualized workshops Um, for delving into the secrets of fate itself, starting at a small fee of only $500 or so. And it's broken down in a way where 
there's multiple courses. And as you check off these courses, you can advance onto higher level courses of fate mm. and even higher level fate. Right now, I have 20 concubines, uh, 20 people who are in my workshops experiencing reading of the fates. And I would love for more people to join. Although they can't decide if they're going to join or not. So it's really, I... Hector, you mentioned what I feel to be a fairly exorbitant rate for your services, but earlier on you said that um, one of the stipulations of, of your abilities was that you weren't allowed to profit from it in any way. Ah, but I'm not, you see, I'm not using the vision of fate to profit. You see, I'm... L- you, uh, dog, dog on the water, dog on the water. Sorry, dog on the water. Oh, Sparky swimming in the pool out back. That's what that is. Oh, I, I thought this might be another yeah. thing like the cat with two eyes that I had to worry about and watch out for. No, I just remembered my dog was swimming in my pool out back. No, I, 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 I'm allowed to share in the knowledge of discerning fate and reading it. Um, I just can't, you know, try to change it to profit off of it. I see. So taking your knowledge and um, simply using the way that things are going to turn out to enrich yourself is actually fine. But trying to change fate in order to enrich yourself is not. Exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, I, I would also like to mention that, um, if you sign up for these workshops, they do, they do take place, um, on my private land. I have 10 hectares of private land. It's a farm compound and there's lots of space for everyone to come. And, um, you know, you will get to do as I tell you, no matter what, and we'll have a good learning experience. What sort of, um, what sort of activities can, uh, camp attendees expect? Oh, you know, um, sitting around campfires, rolling bones, um, we'll be learning to transmute our souls into the energy of the world, um, probably lots of orgies, um, maybe taco nights on Wednesdays, that sort of thing. Taco night Wednesday, just one of your many controversial stances. Most people would do it on a Tuesday. I don't know why that's the thing I get the most flack for. I think it's totally reasonable. It's the middle of the week and you want to do something fun and exciting to get through the rest of the week. So why not do it on a Wednesday? It's a celebration of making it halfway there. I think people like they like the alliteration, Hector. Uh, They like a Margarita Monday. They like a Taco Tuesday. They like a Wild and Wacky Wings Wednesday. All I can say for that is I. I have never once read in the energy of the world Taco Tuesday. What is the strangest thing that you've read in the energy of the world? Strangest thing I have ever read is that Earth is bound to those who inhabit it. When Earth turns to dust, so does inhabitant. Does fate ever joke with you 
when when you see these messages in English, is there ever like they they they've kind of made something? You're like, oh hey, that's just for me. That's a little kind of Easter egg. Well, actually, yes, 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 yes. yes. Now that you mention it, uh, one time I was having a bath, and it said, uh, "It's what did it say?" It's slipping my mind. Having a bath in a glass of wine, and the, uh, I was looking up at my wall. And there I saw, look behind you, idiot. So I turned around, and it was another writing on the wall that said, turn around, what's behind you? And so I turned around and looked behind me, and again, written on the wall was, turn around, idiot. So I went on for a good 45 minutes of looking back and forth until I realized that the words... We're playing off of each other, and I was made to be the fool. It's the turn this piece of paper over gag. Yes, who knew that fate had a sense of humor? And quite an excellent one. I mean, that is that is a really, really funny joke that, you know, for the right person, you can get hours of laughter out of that. Yes, it's true. And thinking about it, I'm, I'm wondering, what, what sort of satisfaction would the great author in the sky have over this, you know? Writing this in his words over and over and over again. What I wonder is if the author of our universe is in fact someone with their own free will or not, whether they're just part of an even larger simulation. Like, let's say uh, you're playing a game of The Sims on the computer and one of your characters gets a pet goldfish. You know, maybe we're that author's pet goldfish, but that author is still himself a simulation. Is it, uh, is it, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess my question is, uh, is, is there a divine order to the universe or is it simulations and, and authors and uh, a Matryoshka doll of, of nested fictions all the way up? Oh my God. How far down are we? Have you ever written your own fiction? Oh my God, I have. I uh, so have I, and now I'm having serious second thoughts and concerns about the worlds that I've created and destroyed, and the lives that I've brought into being and subsequently ruined. That's a chilling thought, isn't it? It really is. I've I have more blood on my hands than Lady Macbeth potentially. My God, what kind of stories are you writing? Uh, I. You know, I, I I used fiction as a way to sort of deal with my own traumas around. Um, around body horror and, and sort of the shock of being torn from the womb as a child. I, I never really got over that. And well, I, yeah, I mean, I, here I thought, well, here's a, a, a harmless scenario to sort of um, a, a harmless outlet to put these thoughts and feelings forward into. But uh, apparently I've been just ruining countless tiny lives this whole time. And, you know, the, the words I read never... They don't, they don't tell me uh, about the great mysteries of life and death. You know, they don't tell me what happens after death or before. Um, but maybe, maybe you've created a sort, of, uh, a sort of hell world for those souls of ours that move on from this fiction into your fiction to repent for the sins that have been written into our lives. Hmm. So you're probably probably making it worse for them because they have no choice. So you're writing these horrible things that these people have to experience without any choice 
in the matter, and then they go into another hell world to pay for their sins there. But if I understand correctly, I didn't really have a choice in writing any of this either. I was predestined to write these fictional scenarios regardless. Mm. That's so uh, maybe maybe I maybe I shouldn't be feeling bad and 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 feeling regretful for all the worlds that I've destroyed because it's not my fault. I don't have any control over this. Yes, it's true. Perhaps you're on the right path of realizing that you shouldn't feel bad about these things. Hmm. Hector, do you have a piece of, say, advice or a motto that you would like to leave our listeners with tonight? Yes. As I say in my book, if you seek to change the will of fate, you only seek to change your emotional burden from good to bad. That makes a lot of sense. I know. Hector, your book, Discerning the Stars, is available now through Constellation Publishing. People can reach you on your website, www.discerningthestars.co.za. Anything else you'd like to uh, plug here on the show today? Yes, I would like, I would like to plug uh, once again that you can come live on my farm and I can have total power and control over you for a small fee. After all, you don't have a free will anyway. Hector, thanks again. Thank you, listeners, for joining us here on Infinite Horizons Radio. And Hector, I hope that you're able to... Well, I I, I don't hope anything for you. I hope that your life continues to unravel exactly the way it's supposed to, just the same as the rest of us. Yes. And when I see that bridge, I won't turn it around. I'll go right over it. Thank you again to my Usenet friend, Hector underscore the underscore wizard. And thank you to my guest improviser, Brandon Hoostie. You can check him out on Instagram at brandon.com who's w-h-o-s-e dot t-e-a and you can check me out on twitter at mcmurtaugh m-c-m-u-r-t-a-u-g-h thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week on infinite horizons radio